Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. Welcome to another installment of the Tech Diversity Podcast. Today I'm joined by an amazing panel to discuss the benefits of building a support network. Now this is a topic that's really, really relevant in a number of different aspects of um, diversity, equality and inclusion, and it definitely affects the majority of people within our network. So before we delve deeper into this interesting topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions to the panel. So from you three, I'd love to know who you are, what you do, and also what you're passionate about. Now we'll start with Ruth. Hello, I'm Ruth. Um, I'm an Asian American born and raised in Silicon Valley, California, and I've been working in tech startups for the past 14 years. Uh, my first job was at an educational tech startup called ID Tech Camps, uh, and eventually I found myself at a small startup at the time called Tesla Motors. Uh, at Tesla, I worked in supply chain and quality and helped establish the Women in Tesla Employee Resource Group after it was started by my really good friend Maris. And after about nine years, I left Tesla to work at Neuro, helping build autonomous EV robots. Uh, and I was, brought, I was brought there by my amazing friend, Laura, whom I had worked with at Tesla. And then I was invited by my former manager and mentor, Paolo, uh, to join a company that he co-founded here in Sweden called Northvolt, where we build and manufacture uh, sustainable batteries. Uh, so I'm super excited to talk about networking um, because clearly I've networked my way to where I am now and really want to help other grow their careers by sharing my own experience uh, because networking to me is founded upon mentorship potential and opportunity uh, and so I really really thank uh, all of you for this opportunity Sophie Juliana and Tracy and I'm really excited about this talk oh thank you no I think it's um, amazing to have you on the panel there's definitely going to be some some good insights there and Tracy will come to you Okay. Um, yes, uh, my name is Tracy. I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. I came to Stockholm about three years ago, almost three years ago. Um, I fell into the tech world about 10 years ago, starting at Riot Games, a video game company. Um, there I did a lot of development management, agile coaching, uh, project management, program management, kind of you, you name it. And then I was with them for about seven and a half years before I got the call to join Spotify. And so that is how I ended up in Stockholm. So I moved to Stockholm to work at Spotify as a engineering manager and then a product manager for application security within the cybersecurity team. I was there for about a little over two years before I moved to a smaller company, I guess startup-y kind of, which is a digital healthcare. And here I am the product manager for the security team, which covers infrastructure, application security, detection response, kind of you name it, where we're kickstarting the whole team. Um, I would say networking is a huge part of my life. I, I love one of my kind of biggest, biggest satisfactions is around helping people achieve their potential. So it comes to mentoring, coaching, and really paying it forward because I've gotten very lucky 
and the experiences I've had by the people that have been able to offer those opportunities. And I, so therefore I love to help others realize their dreams, get achieve their goals. And that's why this is an interesting topic for me, especially since I've never really considered it networking. And, um, and I think that's kind of one of the key things that I will maybe bring to this topic. But so I'm very excited to, to uh, listen to everyone here, understand their experiences and how I can be better at it and help other people be better. Oh, I love that. No, I think um, you've hit the nail on the head. That's definitely what we're gonna get out of this conversation. So yeah, thank you, Tracy. And last but not least, Juliana. Hello. Thanks for having me, Sophie. Uh, hey, Tracy and Ruth. I'm very happy to be here. And uh, well, my name is Juliana. Uh, I'm originally from Brazil, uh, from Rio, and I moved to Sweden in 2018 uh, to work as a product manager. Uh, I've been working with product since uh, around 2016. Before that, I was uh, working as a data engineer, and I've always been involved into the data field, which I'm very passionate about. Um, I also have an engineering degree um, from Brazil, from my, my hometown, Rio. And I uh, also this year founded uh, my first uh, company in Sweden, that is a nonprofit organization called Bila. Uh, I founded this company in March this year, and the whole uh, organization is about networking. So I'm really passionate about the subject because uh, Bila is a um, a support uh, uh, community uh, for immigrant women that are in a career transition to tech. And I am very excited to participate in this talk because uh, being an immigrant myself here in Sweden, uh, community, finding my community and finding my network uh, was essential to survive the long winters and to survive this pandemic period too. Uh, so I really hope we can get good insights. And as Tracy, I really hope I can improve my networking skills and I can help others to improve theirs as well. Oh, thank you, Juliana. No, I think all, all three of you are kind of great additions to this panel. Um, so the listeners are definitely in for a treat. Okay, so now we've kind of got a, a bit of a, a context to each other. Let's just dive into the topic in focus. Um, I think we're obviously all here. We've got a major interest in the topic of diversity and inclusion and, and how to network. And I know each of you have brought a number of topics to discuss. So let's work around the room. Um, what I'll do is just kind of ask you to pose your question or subtopic to the group and to the panel and then dive straight into the conversations about it. So Ruth will again come to you first. Um, there's a number of different kind of points that, that you mentioned before this podcast. So yeah, give us your kind of overview on, on the topic in general. So when I and when I was approached with this topic, I really thought about all of the things that I've read. Um, I'm really into like reading to get more information about approaches and actions that every one of us can do. Uh, and I look back to this book called The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, and in it, he kind of describes a few types of people in the world, um, mavens, salespeople, and connectors. Uh, and so for me, it really resonated because I 
see myself as one of these connectors. I kind of gravitate towards trying to connect people, uh, not only in my personal life, but also at work. I'm often like, oh, I know exactly who you should talk to. This is the person. And I'm really trying to make those connections at work. Uh, and especially like at a startup environment, uh, we all wear multiple hats and there's a small team. So you really have to like over communicate and like connect people to each other because everyone's kind of moving at a fast pace. Um, and so I really wanted to know uh, from Juliana and Tracy, like, like who sticks out to you in your mind as like a great connector that kind of brought you to places and like do you see yourself as a connector um, because I think that it's really it takes a certain type of personality um, and like I I wasn't really that type growing up at all um, but when I actually went to college this person sticks out in my mind uh, named Brittany where she like I went to a really small college and she was like a great connector I just remember the first day she went around to every single person to learn their name and like we were like 400 students in our class but that's still like a feat. And like throughout the whole time, she would just like say hello to everybody that she knew uh, like on campus. Uh, and now she works at like the U.S. State Department in international relations, which is like so spot on. I'm like, I could totally see her doing this because she's such a connector. Um, and I, I love that that idea that, you know, anybody can bring something of value to you. So everybody's worth knowing. Um, and I just like I just love that. Like, I love that type of. Um, um, energy. And I think that the more that we have that uh, in the world, I think it's really beneficial. Um, so like, that's just kind of what sticks out to me in terms of like, like the first instance of networking that comes to mind, um, in my experience. Um, but like, I don't know, like Juliana, like, I would love to know from you, like, like what connectors are there in your life? And, um, uh, like I see you as a connector because of Bila, but I mean, I would love to hear more about like your view on this. Yes, of course. Uh, so I would say that I came to Sweden different from you. I came uh, completely on my own. So I had uh, like uh, no connections here, no community just yet. Uh, but I also had um, uh, some friends uh, that I could connect like outside Sweden, but was uh, outside Brazil as well. So I could uh, uh, try to connect with them in a sense of how it is to be an immigrant, how to move to another country and uh, try to get some tips. Uh, but I can relate very much to what you said about uh, being a connector. I feel that I am that I have this kind of personality. Not uh, it was not always like this because I was very much an introvert when growing up and at school, at college. It was always like very difficult for me to uh, get to know people and say hi to everybody because I think it demands a lot of energy for an introvert to 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 go out and say hello. But I think after I grow up and I started working, especially so at work, I I, I felt that my role. Uh, as a product person was very much connecting people all the time like uh, having meetings and uh, having like expectation management stakeholder management uh, so I always I always feel I am the connector a little bit so I think uh, one of the big motivations when building Bila and building a community was that I thought that I, I had something to bring to the table that was my community building skills um, and I am that kind of person like in a in a personal level that has you know two completely different type of friends of groups of friends so I, I used to say there is a meme in the internet that says that when the ninja turtles meet the power rangers so it's a bit like how my friends are like the ninja turtles the power rangers and then i try to connect them and it, it works really well uh but i think i navigate through kind of totally different uh, 
uh, groups of uh, friends and colleagues at work. So I think these skills are very valuable when you are building a community as I am right now with Bila. So yeah, I think I am. I can I can see myself as a connector, but I also know that my co-founder uh, Denise from Bila, she's also a connector. So for building a community, it's perfect to have people like this. And I think we also inspire people to to connect a lot and to network a lot uh, at Bila because we know the power of networking here in Sweden. It's it's crazy how how LinkedIn is big here and how you need to build connections if you want to, you know. Uh, uh, reach out to other people, move jobs or any any kind of big move, big step that you need to do in your life. You need networking by your side. Yeah. I just want to say I love that. Like I love the like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then the Power Rangers thing. I was like, because like that's like my childhood. I'm like, oh my god, I could visualize that. Like yeah, like I have a ton of different kinds of friends too. And like yeah, I never thought of it that way. And like Tracy, you also came here cold. Like it's kind of crazy to me um that you would do this like i'm so uh like like uh i don't like danger and like i like to know exactly i like to be totally prepared um and so i did not come here blind um like what like what is your experience in like finding connectors or being the connector um so it wasn't until um i read up on the book i even considered myself a connector i think a lot of it starts from my genuine curiosity with people so that's how i just got to know people because i just really like to know like you know who, like who you are what you do where you come from how do you tick um like it just people are fascinating and i just want to know more and i ask i tend to ask a lot of questions and it doesn't matter where i am and i think i've always been comfortable going places on my own which has helped me move to sweden so back in LA, you know, I could go to the movies by myself. I could go to the bar by myself and sit down. And I know that I will end up talking to someone next to me and they may have a very different story, but it'll always be interesting because of how they got where they are, or who they are, or their sense of humor. And that's um, just something that I've always brought with me, which means I end up meeting a lot of people. And when I meet really cool people and I meet other cool people and there's any commonality, I want them to meet. Because I was like, you're cool, you're cool, you should you should meet, we should all get together. Let's just like grow this circle, build this bond of, of interconnected people. They're all just super cool and you just wanna hang out with and enjoy being around. And they're all can be very different in different fields. And coming to here, coming here, I mean, I think socially it's a little bit harder <laughs> to just sit at a bar in Sweden and talk to someone. Um, but I also am, patient and I don't mind being on my own. And I think that's part of what has made this work for me is I am not stressed out if I am by myself, if I don't have someone to go out with. I'm fine being on my own. Um, and it also puts me in a comfort level and I become more open. And then when I do meet people, there's more of a genuineness. It's not like for lack of a, word, a desperation, like I must make friends. Like, no, it'll either happen or it won't. I'm good being on my own. I'm good not, but I like to learn about people. And um, usually bartenders or staff tend to be great people to talk to because they're naturally social. So those tend to be starting, that tends to be the start of my network. Um, but actually someone that made a huge impact on me is when I actually worked at a cafe. It was this woman that I worked with. I'd known her forever. She, she hired me. Um, very interesting woman, very interesting background. She used to follow the Grateful Dead at one point as well. But she just had this personality and wanted to connect with everyone that came in. 
She remembered everyone that came in. People started coming in just when she was working and she would introduce people and just that just kind of easygoing social curiosity, uh, especially in like my early 20s, really impacted me quite a bit on um, how you can just, how you talk to strangers and get to know strangers. I think that like, yeah, I think that is so brave and like, you're so much, like so strong and you're right. Like the bartender, bartenders are connectors. Like (laughs) people in the service industry are such connectors because they're like trained to talk to anybody, right? Like they have to do that for their job. Um, Yes. I mean, I, can I ask a follow-up question? (laughs) Oh yeah. What's up? Like for me, uh, when I started at work, it was also really tough. Like I started, I was really young at like my first startup and even at Tesla it was like so intimidating. And I, I remember, uh, like, and Juliana says, like, I was an introvert. Like I was definitely an introvert at the time. I think there are definitely people at work that are super intimidating. Cause you're like, Oh, they're like so smart and so great. And like, how do I even talk to them? Um, and like, for me, I have, I recall my colleague. Um, so when I joined Tesla, um, our VP at the time was, an Asian woman and I was like oh my god I've never seen another Asian woman in such a position of power and my manager at the time uh, really kind of encouraged me to see myself as like you could be her like you can be her exactly like in the future I could see this and I was like really I can't see this at all Um, and I I was always so afraid to talk to her and my other colleague actually was like why are you afraid of her I was like because she's so smart and she's so great Um, and he's like well she's just a human being just like you or me like she has like loves and disappointments and she cares about things and then he said you know she goes to mcdonald's a lot and gets the breakfast pancakes did you know that and i was like what like i cannot picture her doing something so normal uh and that like immediately connected me with that like like oh my god like i like mcdonald's pancakes um and one time i even like bravely asked her about that and she's like how did you know that and I was like oh my god and we've been friends ever since basically so um to me it's just like it takes that like little like this person is also a human being um but it's so so hard to get there like did you guys ever have that experience of like like seeing someone at work who's like super intimidating but like you're like I have to talk to them like how did you get over that like like yeah like did you ever have to do that and how did you get over that Well, I think I had uh, that experience uh, mostly in the beginning of my years, I would say, as an intern uh, in my first job. I think it was very hard. I, I, I think I've, I also came from a culture that's very, there's a lot of um, hierarchies, uh, right? So thinking about as an intern that I had like a boss, I always thought that the boss was, you know, the person that I uh, uh, would, you know, uh, evaluate me and give me feedback. So it always gave me that that feeling of I need to respect that person. I need to, and of course we need to respect everybody, but I feel like uh, I came from a culture that you see this in a different level, right? You have like the boss versus leader. And I would say I, in early in my careers, I had bosses that were not like the most uh, <laughs> uh, uh, nice leaders that you can think of. Uh, so I felt that the, in the beginning for me it was quite hard, like it was a bit overwhelming and, and how to approach these people, uh, feeling that you are so small sometimes, uh, close to their knowledge and close to what they do. Uh, but I think for me, uh, well, 
I try, first of all, I try to, to understand the differences between what is being a boss and a leader, right? And I try to read as much as I could. And um, and I think the, the one of the reasons that educating me on how uh, to be like a good leader uh, also helped uh, uh, on the, the overview of other people and try to understand that sometimes they are like this, they act like this because of their own insecurities. Uh, than the uh, other things. So that made me feel a bit better, feel, feel that uh, that person might be in a very insecurity uh, position and that's why they behave like in a in author authoritarian way. Uh, so I think uh, that was my biggest struggle when it comes to talk to, to other people. But I, I think I opened up uh, more uh, with, the, with the years and the maturity. Uh, but being a young person, like in the first job, it was quite hard for me to speak up. I think uh, being a woman, being a woman of color and everything that uh, uh, has around, that comes with this uh, in, an, in an environment that sometimes is not that diverse, uh, it, it also makes us feel a bit intimidated, you know, to speak up for ourselves. So I think it's a daily exercise. Uh, to fight impostor syndrome and uh, uh, think that you are in the right place at the right time. Somebody chooses you to be there uh, and uh, validating this is always good, you know, to be able to speak up and uh, and try to connect uh, more with people without feeling so insecure. Yeah, I think for me, um, started this, I think some of how I approach I haven't necessarily had this much of a problem, but from a young age, my mother refused to speak for me. So if someone asked a question, she's like, no, you need to speak. You need something, you speak up. Um, so I realized like how to be independent and speak for yourself and ask for what you need and respond and not necessarily wait for others. And then I had, I think a defining moment I was speaking at the woman who worked at the cafe who hired me. So it was one of those situations where you ordered a counter and you sat down and you call out the name when the order was ready there was a section that was far back that if you as the um, the woman working the counter didn't yell, they're not gonna hear you. So you have a line of people and you, and I've seen this since then with women who work there, you know, you're like, Sarah, Sarah. And, and the woman I was working is like, no, like you need to yell, you need to project. So you get comfortable with like telling the line of people, hold on, I'm about to be really loud, I'm so sorry. And just belting out names because that's what you need to do in order for people to hear you. And I think some of that is kind of carried through is not being afraid to be loud, but um, there's a time and a place, but you have a voice. If that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. Um, I actually started in the music industry doing concert production and like festival production. And that was a situation where you didn't have the time to be timid because if you're in the middle of a concert, shit's going down you have you don't you don't have you don't really get to have the chance to be worried about talking to a manager of a band or the band itself because things you have to work it through and if you don't you you lose your job and so um that also kind of stuck with me i tend to talk to people I'm like well no i need this for my job i do a good job i don't want to get fired i'm going to talk to you regardless um but there are times when i think finding that common or or reaching out to someone going, hey, I've seen, I see who you are doing this. Um, I really respect what you do. I would love to pick your brain. I would love to understand more. And approaching them in a certain way can also be really helpful when it doesn't necessarily relate to what you have to do.
has that's been successful yeah. and I've recommended that in the past as well. Like this actually, I read a, a Harvard Business Review article that actually is called Learn to Love Networking. I don't know if you've seen it, but it breaks down the areas and it, exactly what Tracy and Juliana, you were saying. And like, um, it says like, focus on learning. Like, what can I learn from this person? Identify the common interests, which is like Tracy, your entire approach. <laughs> and like, and then it's like, think broadly about what you can give. So it's like, in turn, when you network, it's like, I can also give this person something from myself. And then um, I think that the the last bit was like find a higher purpose. So basically, like have a common goal that you want to reach. Uh, and like I, I think about my one of my mentors, Beth Davies, um, and she's always saying like put yourself in the audience's shoes and like just ask like what's in it for me. And once you figure out what's in it for them, then you can kind of like like find the middle ground and like be able to talk to them and like kind of break that barrier. Uh, but that speak for yourself. It's like, it's so, it's like so hard, but once you start doing it and you get the people to encourage you to do it, like your own support group, um, I feel like that, that really does break the barriers. And like, it's, it's so lovely to hear both of your stories on that because it's, it's so different for each of us. And like, um, yeah, it's so crazy, but like, it's like so common. It's so weird. Yeah. And my manager right now, um, we were doing a few bat sessions. She's like, okay, everything's going great. You're doing well. I just need you to talk more. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I can do that. But it's, it's just like not feedback I've gotten. She's like, no, I want you to be more of a leader, lean in, have a voice. So I can talk a lot. I need you to talk more. And I'm like, cool. It's nice to hear. It's rare to hear. It shouldn't be right or here. That's the thing, right? We need, we all need our own cheerleaders, right? Or like be your own cheerleader, I guess, right? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you touched on some really good things there, especially like you said, Ruth, everybody's different, but there's some really common underlying factors. Um, no, that was great. And let's let's come over to to you Juliana and and your topic um which is more about finding your support network and and connecting with the community um so yeah take us away yeah i wanted to to bring up this topic because uh, you know different from Ruth, uh, Tracy and I, we came here without a supporting network. So I was wondering, how do you how do you find your people? How do you find your community? And uh, there are so many things that I learned myself here uh, in Sweden, for example, uh, tools like uh, meetups, for example, that I was not using in Brazil it was my home country. I had like my friends from childhood. That's so much easier, you know, to connect with people that you went to school with. But when you immigrate to a new country and uh, when you start a new job, for example, what are the tools that you use to connect and find your people, you know, and uh, not only networking like uh, in a in a more superficial level uh, um, that you get to know people, but you don't actually become friends with. Uh, but I would say, how do you find people that you get along with and, you know, you hold hands and become friends? How do you create deep connections? Tracy, maybe? Yeah, that's a very intense conversation. <laughs> How do you create deep connections? Um, so I think um, for me coming here cold, um, I was conscious of this and not trying to go overboard, but was relying first on who am I, who am I working with and around? Because I think a lot of 
initial relationships, even in our adult lives. I feel like the majority of our adult friendships that have started come from work. Um, and so, and it was also seeing Spotify is very good about having multiple kind of groups and activities. So it was really like what type of activities, um, like there's, you know, like like running clubs and cooking clubs and and different things that I might be able to connect with. So at least there's a common interest. So mine was the whiskey club. Uh, that's where I kind of started with that is the whiskey club. But uh, leaning in there to see who I who I can meet, make some connections with, even at least go grab a drink after work. It may not be long running. Um, that's kind of how I get started. Um, from there, it'll be meaning like making friends from friends. I think, and it goes to the connectors bit, finding people who are connectors and kind of want to pull you into the group. Um, I have explored meetup as well. Um, those have been, you know, hit or miss. It depends on the group, but that's something that I've done as well. Um, and every once in a while, I do have a, I do uh, find someone who lives back in LA who happens to know someone here. So again, it's making that connection. So I'm like, okay, so, oh, you know, someone here, they give me the number, we at least meet up a few times. So it's, it's having, it's important to essentially meet other connectors who then can connect and then you kind of grow from there. I mean, meaningful relationships, typically it's starting, like I mentioned, like the whiskey club, it's starting with one common interest and then seeing how the dynamic is, what makes sense, how we can kind of grow and build from there. Um, and then um, and then a lot of it has to be with being genuine and vulnerable because it's so easy to see when that's not the case. And then people are less likely to continue um, talking or continue that relationship. So just being open and whiskey makes you vulnerable. So <laughs> that makes it very easy. Oh my God, Tracy, we have to hang out after this because I also love whiskey. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, side note, I like to bring back whiskeys you can't get anywhere else. So yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, have... that's, yeah. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And then, um, and then it does help. I didn't, uh, I do now have a partner here and then his friend circle as well helps grow and then meet people from there that can be, um, in my own circle. So that's how I've, that's how it's been going so far, at least, but I'm definitely interested in suggestions. Ruth. I mean, I, well, all the things you said, I was like being vulnerable and open. Like it's, um, I think that like, like, yeah, I don't necessarily have a ton of friends here. I do have like my support people, but I do get lonely as well. Um, and uh, I'm, I have way more of a support group back home in California that I miss very much. Uh, and honestly, like working at a startup is hard. Uh, you're spending long, long hours. Um, and I think I like that. Um, when I moved here, everyone's like, oh, there's Fika, like, go get a Fika. It's like that culture of like, okay, you just go get some coffee and like a cinnamon bun. Um, I, I like the social aspects. Similarly to both of you, I went towards meetup. Uh, but the way that I got to meet up was one of my best friends in California uh, is in the wine industry. And she did uh, the WSET program. And um, she within that network, um, this 
this guy Alex also took the program at the same time, uh, and um, he started the Stockholm Wine Club. And so um, my friend Ingrid was like, "You should join that meetup because he just moved to Stockholm, and uh, you both love wine." I was like, "Oh, that's perfect!" And so I've participated in that, um, and it's been really great. I love learning about wine and uh, spirits, um, but I think the being vulnerable part is like really hard but it's so necessary to build those deep relationships um and i've had a lot of health problems this year unfortunately and it's been really hard dealing with that like a whole new medical system and like swedish doctors that don't speak english and um i i had to kind of open up to the people at work who have been so supportive and um they've asked me how i'm doing and i think that is like a a huge step in like you know that like sharing your struggles and be not being afraid that someone's going to judge you and that they can't help you in any way and like through them um one of my colleagues like knew a doctor and he connected me with her and like it just it feels so much more like family when when you know somebody who knows somebody and that whole idea of like oh someone in LA told me that there's this person that they have a friend in Sweden that's exactly how I met some of my friends here too um I had before I left to move here a couple of my friends were like I know someone in Sweden I was like that's random uh, like I met my friend Peter and my friend Julia um through those friends and then my friends uh Tony and Josephine uh through another friend from college it's like it's such a small world in some aspects and um but like it's like you have to be open to that like it wasn't easy to like just meet them but like you have to put it on the schedule and kind of force yourself to do it, especially when the days are like this where it's rainy and dark and cold. Um, but it's like really worth something once you make that connection. And like it, it's it's kind of it's a work to, to get there uh, and it's it's hard and it's scary, but. Uh, that's like the only way that like if you start trusting them, then they'll start trusting you. Uh, so that's kind of what I, I kind of learned. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And I think it's uh, really good that Ruth brought up the fact that uh, when you have like friends that are very close and you're supporting at work when you're not in your country, they become your family, right? They are the people that you have that are closer to you, that whenever you get sick and you need to go to the hospital, for example, they're going to be the uh, people there for you. They're going to be the ones calling your family to give news about you. So it's uh, it's impressive how when you move countries, when you immigrate, uh, your friends, they really, really become family. It's a, it's For me, it's a very different uh, even relationship that I have from my friends back home because my friends are there for me. They are supportive, but I also have my, my parents, my brother that are like, you know the people that will hold my hands in the emergency uh, but here like uh, I remember my first job uh, here uh, when I moved uh, the big question for me was who is your emergency contact he was like who is my emergency contact should I put somebody from back home but how how do you how do you do this right because you don't want the company calling your mom <laughs> the first thing if you're not there 
so that's actually, you know, after like it's gonna be my it's my second job here in Sweden. I'm moving to the third company. But after I don't know four years, I have in my mind the top of my mind who is your emergency contact. So it takes time to build your emergency contact. It, it takes time to you know have this kind of relationship with the person that you, you know that you can count with. Uh, but I think it's amazing. It's uh, it's one of the best experiences of being an immigrant, like outside my country, is to be able to build my little family here, people that I know that I can count. And they are so different, you know, they are not my family, uh, my blood, <laughs> but they are so different, but also so close. And uh, yeah, that's really awesome. That, I mean, the, I actually, like, I'm traveling soon, and, like, they also ask in, like, these forums, like, who's your emergency contact? And actually, like, I think that um, the whole, like, being vulnerable part, like, I, if you ask someone, like, can you, can you be my emergency contact? A lot of times they'll just say, like, oh, absolutely, like, how could you think of me? So, like, I think that's been, I've had to ask a couple people, absolutely, and be like, are you okay if I put you down as my emergency contact? Um, and, like, they usually say yes surprisingly it's like oh really <laughs> um but like I, so yeah that's tough like even now i'm just like i feel bad for putting these people as my emergency contact yeah i actually never even thought about that i just put down you know like is my sister still back home i do have a friend in london i'm like yeah she's close enough she can go down like, you know, she's only like two hour plane ride if something's happening. She's at least in the same time zone. Um, and then she can reach out to other people. Um, and like I said, I have my partner now, but like, I'm just like, no, it's it's who it's always been. Little deal. Well, Juliana, how is it getting started with your organization? Because I feel like there's that's the, one of the differences, like, like, especially like Ruth and I came here for jobs we didn't start something like you did. So what has that been like? Well, I think it's uh, been a very fun, uh, but also like a, a bit uh, overwhelming uh, because it's the first time I opened something by myself and everything started with networking, to be honest. Uh, uh, I met my co-founder, that's like my family here in Sweden, my emergency contact here in Sweden, uh, at a woman hack uh, conference. That is uh, basically you go there if you're looking for a job, right? Uh, and then I went uh, to this woman hack event. Uh, I was with another friend uh, back then, and we, we sit on a table and we were starting speaking Portuguese. And we Brazilians we speak very loud, so people there, uh, my friend Denise, my co-founder, she listened to us like speaking Portuguese, and she came and she said, "Oh, you're Brazilian too." She sat down. She she was a newcomer. She had arrived for I don't know two months, uh, and she was trying to find a job. But she's background was more like in business uh, analytics and not uh, not uh, exactly like uh, tech heavy. So uh, she struggled a lot to find a, a job, and she decided to do kind of a career transition to tech, and she. Uh, asked for a lot of help uh, from me because I was already working in the industry. So it became kind of a mentor-mentee uh, relationship. And uh, we decided that with so many things that we uh, discovered together, we thought that we can't keep this to ourselves. We know there's so many things happening here in Sweden, especially that are not like being published anywhere. That is just mouth to mouth. So like a specific SFE course 
if you are an academic, for example, the, those things that uh, people come and talk to you and you know, but it's not documented anywhere. So the whole idea started with let's do a knowledge base. Let's start documenting everything that we found out and let's start to uh, publishing this uh, for other people, uh, for newcomers. Uh, so it wouldn't, it's not going to be so difficult for them. But then we started to niche this a little bit more and target more to women and to women a career transition to tech because that was exactly what Denise was doing and I was helping her. Um, and we did some user research in the beginning to kind of understand uh, if the com what the community actually needed. Uh, so starting this was quite uh, nice, but also we met so many different people with different stories at the, at the same time very similar to what what we have here as being an immigrant but most of these women we are talking in our community came here with their partners and they are unemployed so it's a it's a completely like a challenging situation for them sometimes with kids and you know long winters being at home partner working and uh, we decided that okay maybe we need to scale up maybe we need more services and uh, do more things to help them because you know just tell them that there is something happening is is not enough but we actually need to support them to inspire them to hold their hands and say that it's possible to do a career transition if you want tech in sweden is i think huge in terms of uh, jobs there's lots of uh, jobs lots of demand of professionals and uh, the swedish is not a barrier uh, if you want to start with tech so for them it was kind of you know the most obvious choice most of the partners came to work with tech uh, so for them it was like okay maybe maybe we should give it a chance so our community is all like uh, uh, tech uh, focused and they want to do a career transition and we do like uh, we provide services and uh, 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 projects for them that tackle every part of their user journey so they are newcomers or maybe they already did a career transition to tech and they are not happy so like uh, use uh, people that transit uh, uh, through this uh, uh, different phases uh, of their immigration journey, let's call it like this. So it's been really fun, but also, like as I said, met very different people with different backgrounds. It's been amazing. Uh, I think I'm becoming a little bit famous here in Sweden because, of course, I'm putting my face. That was also something that I, I never thought that I would do in the past. But this year, I had like one New Year resolution was like, I need to put my face out there to inspire more, uh, not only women, but women of color, immigrant. I need to put my face there and say that, you know, it's possible uh, to to jump into tech, to have like a leadership role. So it was one of my goals this year to do this. And I think I've been, well, it's been it's been scary, you know, to, to have my face there and have people like recognize me. Ah, you saw your Juliana from Bila. And I think it's going to be like a, more and more like this in the future, but it's also very fun. <laughs> I see. Can I ask a question? <laughs> so, I mean, um, you touched upon so many things where uh, there are a lot of like women's networking and tech, women in tech events, especially during the pandemic. There have been like so many online and um, back in the States, there are like so many conferences that you can go to and it's like fantastic and you can meet all these different people and listen to panels. And um, it actually makes me think of like whenever I see or meet that type of person, what I immediately try to do is find their LinkedIn and like connect with them on 
social media in some way, which I think is like such a Silicon Valley thing to do. Like, oh, let me find their Twitter or their Instagram handle and like connect with them that way. And um, I've actually found that in Sweden, oddly, like a lot of people use Facebook, uh, which is not that common in the States. Like they use everything else, uh, like TikTok even and like all these Twitch and all whatever. Um, but here, like Facebook is huge. And even um, I think what you had said about like, you know, there's meetups, but Facebook has like a ton of like I joined like Americans in Stockholm on Facebook. Uh, each like neighborhood in Stockholm has their own like community chat, which is kind of like a substitute with like what Nextdoor does. Uh, I don't know if you know that app. Um, and so there's like all these different ways like via tech that like if you join these online forums you can like really meet and see people and like everyone's kind of willing to like say hi and be like I'm new here <laughs> like let's hang out uh, which is really nice um, so like for me it's like there's so much like tech actual tech involved in like the networking aspect so in like Bila do you like help people get onto the right like online communities because there's like like even I'm like still struggling like where do I where am I supposed to go like I'm still trying to find these like groups like I like happen to find like oh I should join this community in Facebook um but it's like there's no there's no like appendix where I can go to and be like oh these are the things that I can join like it's how do you help like the people at Bila actually do that yeah what we usually do uh, mostly is to kind of advertise what we know so for example pink programming and like other non-profit organizations new to sweden the new big guy to sweden we have a lot of partnerships with them because they have you know similar missions uh so that's how we usually do but we don't uh, right now we don't have like for example a knowledge base of all the groups that are existing it would be really nice to have it maybe for the future but for now it's just about like advertising our partners and making sure that they have the help that they need when it comes to finding their community right so this is a big part of what we do um especially we try to connect them themselves so we have like a big slack channel where everybody can introduce themselves so they can connect and I think Slack has been like a very much a, a great tool for them, you know, to find each other too. Because uh, maybe you you are in both lawyers and you decided to move to tech. So there's lots of similarities there. So I think uh, creating this connection, this networking, our Slack has been yeah, growing a lot in that sense. Uh, but we don't have yet, unfortunately, a knowledge base. I think it's something that for the future. Yeah, definitely. But do you know what, Juliana, I just wanted to mention out um, on the podcast while you said kind of putting your face out there, um, you were nominated, weren't you, for Nordic Women in Tech Awards Mentor of the Year. So I thought, yeah, let's definitely get that in. Um, congratulations. Yeah. Such a good achievement. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was very surprised, to be honest. Never thought that somebody would nominate me to one award. <laughs> Oh. But I, I, yeah. I got like uh, between other four uh, uh, women. Amazing. I already connect to all of them. Uh, the ceremony is going to be on the 11th of November in Copenhagen. And uh, it's kind of a Oscar ceremony. You know, you go, everybody's going to be beautiful, dressed up, and they're going to have cameras putting on your faces. I'm going to have my face on my screen. And well, I don't know if I'm, if I'm 
I'm going to get it or not, but just to be there, you know, just to be in this environment and being, you know, appreciated uh, for the work that we're doing. And the award uh, was the category of mentor of the year. And it's about the mentorship program that we came up in Bila that's called Pollination. So the, the program is about like uh, matching women in tech already like established senior women with uh, our community. So uh, women that are, have an interest to, to, to move to tech. So we put them to in contact, we, we do the match and then they well develop a goal and then develop like a, a mentor mentee relationship and it's really cool so yeah let's see if we know on the 11th that we'll get or not but i'm very happy just to be there and be part of this oh my god i'm rooting for you and what a networking opportunity that will be right? <laughs> yeah seriously oh no honestly well done it's it's really admirable um, and fingers crossed of course let's hope so <laughs> Well, thank you for that. And then we'll move on to, to finally, Tracy, your question. Um, and this one is, is one that I really like and I definitely resonate with, um, as I think mo most people will. And that's kind of advice for someone who doesn't enjoy networking, but of course understands how important it is. Yeah, um, this is something that hit me and I brought up in the very beginning that I never really considered what I did as networking. And then um, thinking about like, there's networking events and conferences. Nothing makes me more uncomfortable and like kind of puts me in as a very social person, like not being social. Like I'd rather stand in the corner with my glass of wine and, and like then being like forced to be put in a situation to network. And so it can be really, it can be really daunting, especially if you're new and, and people are telling you, you must network, you must network. And, um, so it just gets super like, stressed out. Like, like you're just like sweating, you're just like, why am I here? Like, this is, it's not a position I like to be in. And um, like, I was just talking with a colleague today about this as well. And like, one of the things like, and I'd love to hear uh, Juliana, you're in Ruth's advice as well for someone for this. But like, one of my biggest things is you don't realize that just don't lose touch with the people you enjoy working with. It can be as simple as that. And also don't discount people who are in different jobs and in different positions, or maybe in something that like, maybe you're working more of like a minimum wage, fast food type job, cause you never know. And if you enjoy working with that person, if they move on, you're likely gonna wanna work where they work because you're looking for the same things and you enjoy it, or they can start to vouch for you in another situation. Um, like you don't realize how much unintentional networking you're doing by just building relationships with friends, with your colleagues around you. Like, I think I have a relatively strong support ne network without doing that. But I think, Juliana, you hit upon something around um, moving into tech, and that's how I got started. So I worked at a food truck, a gourmet food truck, as an operations manager, a business manager. And when I left to go back into television, I, there was a woman that worked with me there as the uh, now events manager. When she left, she went to Riot Games. And I was looking for another gig because the show was ending. And she's like, well, why don't you check out this? So something in a completely different field. And I'm working in another different field. And she is the one that brought me essentially into tech. I would have never even considered it or thought about it. And it was just, we got along and we worked well together. And that's how I ended up there. And you never know where you're going to end up. And I think some people, take for granted that like just because they aren't where you want to be doesn't mean that they can't make connections for you 
or open doors for you to get elsewhere or open up doors you didn't even realize you wanted to be open. Like that's a huge thing. Um, but like Ruth or Juliana and Juliana, like what is your advice for people who think they're bad at it or just don't like to do it? Like what, but they know that they need to. I can really quickly just like what, like when you were talking about that, I don't know why, but like speed dating comes to mind. Nobody likes to go speed dating. Like it's really kind of awful, but it's like a way to quickly meet people. And like, I have a friend like who her approach is like, just bring a friend with you. So like, even for like any of these type of networking events that actually can be quite fruitful, um, like go with a friend, like get someone to go with you that you're comfortable with. So that even like, at least the two of you can kind of like, like strategize. And um, like, I think that these types of events, it's kind of great because there's a lot of exposure to all these different industries or companies that you may not have heard of. And again, if you take it as like a learning opportunity like I'm there just to learn like what else is out there um I think that's kind of a nice way of approaching it and also like making a small goal for yourself like I will meet three people like okay three is not that hard and once you meet those three maybe they can connect you to their three and etc so it can grow so like make small goals to kind of put yourself out there but if you take it as a learning opportunity like even like dating in itself is a learning opportunity like you don't know if you're going to connect with that person person it may be like the worst date of your life but you know at least you'll learn something from it of like okay this is the type of profile that I am not into um so <laughs> like I, I kind of take it with like that kind of approach um even though yeah it's really scary but if you bring a friend I think that really like removes that um that part of it and and then like you said you know like get really acclimated to your network already that you have at work, the people that you like, because the world is quite small. Um, and I just think like, um, you've heard the stories about Tesla. It's really hard to work there. Uh, but the Tesla alumni network is super strong because we all kind of suffered together. Um, and I'm sure that's the same at any other startup. Like startups are so hard. You are all suffering together. You're working long hours. Like you will make, you'll like feel the same thing and, and that kind of connects people. <laughs> um, and so I've been really fortunate to be able to even, even like to this day uh, at my current company, I'll call upon my friends that I worked with at Tesla for something and be like, hey, I need some advice. Can you please help me? Do you remember me? And more often than not, they'll say, absolutely. Like we saw, we, we lived through the same struggles. Um, and so it's it's super nice. I love, I love that. I'm so um, happy to have those people that I used to work with. Um, and it's, it's really, it's like, I never thought of that. Like everyone's always like, there's those statistics about like the most uh, often you'll find a job is like through your existing network. And I was like, what does that mean? And then it's like, oh, you just make friends at work and then those friends can connect you to their next work. It's like, oh, it, it's really that simple in a way. Um, but it does take like, again, this like shared experience and kind of just asking the question and, um it's it's proved to be very fruitful for me and I'm I'm a product of my network which is so like I never imagined that to be the case um yeah yeah I can say that uh, I think all the tips that you gave uh, was very valuable I can mention that always like if you can have an ally that's perfect if you can have somebody that you can bring uh, with you already helps breaking the ice uh, 
but I also feel that for me, I still have my introvert side that it makes me it makes it very hard to meet, you know, lots of people uh, at the same time, as uh, Tracy said. But, you know, there's so many of us out there. We have no idea. Uh, we think that it comes easily for everybody, you know, that just to to go and network. But sometimes for us, it's such a struggle. We are always struggling inside, you know, and uh, when you're talking, of course, when you are taking risks and taking chances, it maybe it doesn't feel like like this, uh, but what I usually do is right now is that I I try to speak up more about this. So when I'm at a place, you know, that I have lots of people around me, I am very vocal and I say I'm not feeling comfortable. You know, I'm not feeling comfortable with a lot of people. And the people tend to, well, they get a bit surprised sometimes, but they also understand because many of them are also struggling. Uh, so I think it's uh, some things that I've been learning uh, with time is that I always felt very lonely in this moment. And now when I speak up, I am suddenly not lonely anymore because the people change the topic of how hard it is for them to be there too. When you are already, for example, uh, you already have a community and you already have a group. It's also very hard for me, for example, in the same weekend, meet a lot of different people from different groups. So what I do is that I usually take spaces like I take one group at each weekend. Like I don't do like Saturday with this group, Sunday with this group because it can be quite, you know, uh, an uh, energy consuming for me. It can be very, very uh, too much. Uh, but I would say my 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 tip my advice would be if you don't like networking but you need to do you need to you know create your community just be very vocal about it whenever you are people see you a little bit isolated and they try to talk to you uh just be very open and say i don't feel very comfortable with a, like a, a group of people and maybe this person will be the person that will take your hand and say okay so let's go outside you know we don't need to be here let's just have a coffee or a fika uh so i think we we underestimate the power that people have actually to help us in these situations so try to use you know the vulnerability on your favor and try to be well very very open about it that would be my advice yeah i really liked what you said there at the end and it reminded me of like if i remember unfortunately at a networking event and but i see someone in the corner but they're like it's one thing if they're on their phone or like you can kind of tell they're busy i might i because i don't necessarily feel comfortable but i i now feel thinking about this more of an effort to go over and talk to them to make that effort and and be that person and be like like are you are you busy or good like are you comfortable because I'm not and like I think admitting that you're not and may, maybe it helps them open up but look for those people who may not and maybe I alone in the corner like I usually am I will find the other person in the corner <laughs> just to hang out with them and then build that connection so I really liked what you said awesome I will take these and and file them away as someone who does not like this stuff. So thank you. Yeah, I think I think you all touched on some really good good kind of ideas and, and good solutions. And yeah, 100%, so many people feel the same, but nobody actually says it sometimes, do they? Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good one. Um, well, thank you all. Does anyone have any kind of final points, any final comments, anything to add on to any of the topics we've discussed? I mean, this has been a jam-packed hour filled with some really, really key bits of advice. So it's been great, but yeah, anything else to add? There's one final one and maybe it can be short answers, but uh, Juliana and Ruth, what has been your experience or what, what, how has networking changed during the pandemic for the two of you? If it has at all. That's 
I mean, for me, again, like, I joined a lot of these, like, online things. Like, even the Stockholm Wine Club had these, like, online meetups where we would uh, get and, like, say, like, you have to go to System Ball again and get, like, this specific wine. And then we all, like, get on a Zoom and drink it together and learn about it. So, like, there have been ways to still connect through uh, online tools. Like, and Slack, I love. It's, it's great. And um, I've, like, done a ton of FaceTimes with people. So I'm really like using technology to the max um, to be safe and but still connect. But it it does it is really hard. Um, but I think that with the lack of physical contact, um, people are more open to connecting online. And so like I usually don't as a practice. Uh, connect with anybody that I haven't met in person Um, but uh, as I've joined like conferences and stuff I'll like connect with people on social media and LinkedIn uh, and just reach out and be like hey like I participated in this and I thought you were great and and uh, they'll connect with you and I think it's been great to just like do it and see where it goes because maybe in the future that person can give me advice um, even if it's just like a sentence so um, I think like don't be afraid to use technology uh, in the sense because I ask you don't think that this pandemic is over um, and you know it's unfortunate but it's the new reality uh, and I think everyone should be safe so online stuff is actually quite nice it's definitely not the same and it's missing like I love like hugging people um, and it's hard not to hug my friends uh, but I think that there is a lot of value to the FaceTime Uh, So I think, you know, we're very fortunate to live in this time where we have this technology available. So um, I just kind of just like just like I some some friends will just like FaceTime me without even telling me they're calling me. And it's just like, oh, hello. Like it's gotten to that point. And it's like, oh, this is a strange new world, but I'm open to it. (laughs) So that's that's how I've gotten by. And I think that um, that's what I but that's what I do to get by. It's not ideal, but um, I'm getting used to it. Yeah, for me, I think uh, I cannot say that I experienced uh, lots of difference in terms of uh, less networking because I I opened the company during the pandemic, uh, meaning that I met lots of new people. But one thing that I can say is that uh, I think because most of our all of the interactions that I had with our community was like uh, one-to-one conversations, I felt that people were very much open to talk about their uh, themselves and about their lives and their struggles. And I don't know if because uh, the community that I work with is like immigrant women that are like in a vulnerable position, but I feel that sometimes they open up and oh my God, so many stories that I, I had no idea that sometimes, you know, uh, people book a one-to-one with me like half an hour just to have a conversation and they already start saying, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Like I need a job, you're saving my life. Uh, thanks for this. And it's so, so nice. But but it also can be very overwhelming for me because it's so many different stories like people, uh, for example, talking about uh, their marriage that sometimes are shaky because uh, one is employed and the other is not. And of course, moving to a new country. always. So sometimes I, I felt I was being a little bit of a therapist uh, for people coming up and talking about their things. I know that for them, it's also the space, right? They, they created because uh, Maybe if you start talking about this with a friend or with a person that's already, you know, in the middle of everything, there's a lot of bias. So for them talking to a different person that had nothing to do with this made them open up 
very much. And uh, what is uh, crazy about everything is that sometimes many partners came to me as well saying that I need you to help my wife. I need you to help my partner. Uh, and I was like, OK, I don't know why, like, uh, don't they come directly and talk to me? But I know that uh, I am touching, especially in a community that is uh, struggling. Uh, with many things, um, uh, moving forward, changing career, unemployment, uh, sometimes people with depression. Uh, but I feel that uh, maybe they wouldn't open up that much if it was in a physical interaction in a place, you know, that uh, first because it's difficult, you know, in a in real life, you'll be like lonely with a person. I think right now it's so much easier to book, you know, a half an hour chat and then jump into a call. Uh, you don't need to be like physically anywhere. Uh, and I think when you are like a, in a restaurant or having a fika or anything like this, there's many people around, so it's a bit harder for you to open up. So I think this channel that we have, you know, that you were at your place and I'm at my place, it makes people feel a, a bit more vulnerable and make them talk more. So I think that was uh, the experience I had. I want to close with like, I think that what everyone's talked about here is also like, like we haven't said it, but like keeping your own mental health in check has been like even more heightened with the pandemic. And I think I love that that's more in the conversation that everyone's kind of acknowledging that and like networking is tough, but like just take it easy and like keep your own mental um, health and peace at mind because that's the only way like you're not going to like networks like in a successful way if you're stressed about it so like you know the more calm you are about it the more chill and like just do what you can and do your best and like mental health is so important here and um, I think that being connectors like it's not that easy, even though that's our natural inclination. And I think that the mental health part is so, so important. Um, but thank you, everybody, for this chat. It's been so great. Yeah, I think, honestly, that was a great point to kind of leave it on. Um, I mean, I want to definitely take this opportunity to thank you, Ruth, Juliana, Tracy. Um, you've definitely provided some really good insights to the topic. And obviously, thank you to the listeners for listening. Um, we'll post this as soon as possible. But yeah, I think this has been a really, really good talk. And I'm, I'm so happy that all three of you could make it. Thanks for having us. Thank, yeah, thank you. you for putting this